On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time imon irukti yen of chakt erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter thing. Skilti fis turmi. Tashi dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestin ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily. Ukraine spymaster, Russian poisoning plots and sleeper agents. Kirill Budanov runs the country's spy operations, but the 37-year-old spymaster has built up an unusually public profile since Russia invaded Ukraine in 2022. He is Ukraine's head of intelligence and a hate figure in Russia. As his public profile has risen in Ukraine and the West, he is portrayed as a behind-the-scenes mastermind of operations against Russia. With 10 assassination attempts against him, Kirilo Budanov's wife, Mariana, became a target earlier this week after a suspected poisoning. Mariana Budanova, who is married to Kirilo Budanov, the director of the military agency known as GUR, and one of Ukraine's most senior military leaders undergoing treatment after she was poisoned with, quote, heavy metals. While officially it hasn't been linked to Russia, the country has been accused of carrying out similar attacks on their enemies. Doctors in Russia say they're doing all they can to save the life of Alexei Navalny, the most prominent critic of President Putin's government. He collapsed on a flight from Siberia to Moscow, suffering from suspected poisoning. I'm Fionn Chien, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by journalist and Russia analyst Jason Corcoran to discuss what happened to Mariana Budanova and what this means for the Russian-Ukraine war. Jason, can you tell us who is Mariana Budanova and her husband Kirilo Budanov? Mariana is the wife of Kirilo Budanov, who heads Ukraine's GUR military intelligence agency. He's effectively Ukraine's chief spymaster. And I think he's a legend for many Ukrainian people. He's just 37. And in many ways, uh, Fionan, he reminds me somewhat of our Michael Collins. Collins, of course, wasn't just a politician. He was a pioneering guerrilla war strategist and director of an elite intelligence unit for the old IRA and had a network of double agents and informers working for him in the seat of British rule in Dublin. Budonov has his own network 
of double agents and informers operating throughout Russia and has been responsible for a string of successful special guerrilla-style operations, some of them very deep inside Russian territory. And I think in Ukraine, only Zelensky, the president, probably has a higher profile because Badonov has become a symbol of Ukrainian resistance and has survived a number of assassination attempts. And more than any other senior Ukrainian figure, he has a knack of irritating and trawling Moscow. He gives Western journalists who visit him in Kyiv a guide to um, his, his own headquarters, and he shows them a map of an imploded Russia divided into territories annexed by other countries. So he, he's been fighting actually for, against Russia since 2014 in Donbass, and he was originally a commando. Brudanov began his military career as a special forces operative. He served in the east after Russia illegally annexed Crimea in 2014. Since he took charge of the spy service in 2020, there have been numerous failed attempts on his life. Budanov has seen his popularity and public profile surge inside Ukraine during the war, where he is portrayed as a behind-the-scenes mastermind of efforts to strike back at Russia. Quite a colourful character. Where's a gun on his hip when he meets people very John Wayne style in that regard? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's quite macho and he's been injured a number of times. And in the Donbass, he was hit by artillery and some of it is still lodged near his heart. And he had to walk five kilometres through a heavily mined territory to get back to his own forces. And he survived that. He's a very charismatic figure and he's, he's seen as, you know, sort of enemy number one by the so he's effectively like ahead of the the CIA or Mossad or the KGB of old or MI5, but high profile, effectively a, a personality in his own right, not a spy master who who hides in, in, in the shadows, but actually a guy who is very upfront about what it is that he does. Well, I think there was a US intelligence release last year suggesting that he was a cross between George Smiley and Matt Damon's character in The Born Supremacy. So his military intelligence wing has been responsible for a series of, of very daring attacks on Russian infrastructure. The most famous one, probably with the, the targeting of Putin's valued bridge to linking Crimea to the Russian mainland, the Kerch Bridge. And there has been a series of very brazen assassinations of key war officials and propagandists in Moscow and St. Petersburg. And his team has also been attributed with the launching of drone attacks deep inside Russia's territory. There was two drone attacks that actually um, hit the Kremlin Palace, which was rather shocking when it happened. And there was damage as well to the Defense Ministry building in central Moscow. And there's been attacks by sea drones on Russia's Black Sea Fleet off Sevastopol and led to the sinking, very famously, of the Moskva warship and then, of course, there's been a series of hits on fuel depots inside Russia in places like Bryansk and beyond. Tell us then about Mariana. She's a very significant figure in her own right. Indeed. Um, Mariana, she teaches psychology at uh, Ukraine's National Police Academy. And she was 
an aide, at least she, I'm not sure if she still is an aide to Vitaly Klitschko. Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor of Kiev and a former heavyweight boxing champion. She also previously worked as a volunteer in a military hospital. Speaking in an interview in August, Bunonov said that he was constantly with his wife for security reasons. And I think, I believe, actually, she sleeps and lives with him on this island where uh, his headquarters are in Kiev, in, in a bunker, a very highly secure bunker. And if this poisoning is confirmed, um, I mean, she is a serious asset, not just to Budonov, but also to Ukraine. And it represents a serious breach of security and possibly the, the most high-profile high attempt of the Ukraine leadership family members since last year's full-scale invasion. So can you tell us, so, what has happened to Mariana in recent days? Details are, are sketchy. We're still learning details today. She's recovering in a hospital after being poisoned from eating food, which relates with these so-called heavy metals. There was a newspaper yesterday, the Ukrainskaya Pravda, said she's making a recovery and she's doing better, but she's undergone some, the first stage of treatment. The doctor said she, because she's quite petite and lightweight, she developed symptoms quickly. Several other of Budanov's colleagues were also apparently poisoned, but they're bigger bills and there have been no noticeable signs that they are suffering. As regards these so-called heavy metals, Lieutenant General Valery Kondratyuk He's a former colleague of Budonov's in the GUR. He said last night that he had confidential information that hasn't been made public yet. He said the analysis of the poisons has detected arsenic and mercury. And uh, th th these substances can cause symptoms such as vomiting, fever, and even organ failure. And it seems like Mariana, from what we're hearing, is out of the woods, but then they're going to carry on medical supervision for some time. According to a spokesperson for Ukraine's intelligence agency, her husband has often accused Russia of trying to kill him, saying this summer alone there have been at least 10 attempts to take his life. The Kremlin has not commented on this incident, but the use of poison plots has long been a tool of Russia's to silence and eliminate its enemies. There have now been a number of cases and incidents of uh, critics of the Kremlin uh, coming down with severe cases of, of, of poisoning. And it seems pretty clear that uh, poison is, is a weapon of choice uh, for Vladimir Putin. So it would appear that she was, was a victim of this poisoning. Is it clear that, that she was the target in the first place? Or was it actually her husband they were going after? We don't know for sure, but it, it does have all the hallmarks of the SS, FSB or Russia's own GRU, Military Intelligence Agency. During the Soviet Union, the KGB, they had their own secret poison lab within the security services. Uh, the lab was known as the, the camera, which means chamber in, in Russian. And it specialized in developing poisons that were almost impossible to detect. And under Stalin, these products were road-tested on, on poor gulag prisoners. So, obviously, this would suggest that the Russian intelligence have got right to the heart of Ukrainian intelligence and in, attempted to assassinate 
key figures or the relatives of key figures right at the very top. So this is very serious from the Ukrainian perspective. Absolutely. Um, he is uh, Ukraine's spy master and he's somebody that he's really got under their skin. I mean, I watch uh, Russian propaganda for research purposes sometimes and the guys on, on, on these channels, they spit venom when Budanov's name is mentioned and I think it's luck that she's still alive because th- th- these heavy metals can be lethal. And in the past, Russian agents have used things like nerve agents like polonium-210 and Novichok. Mm. I think, of course, using these types of ner- nerve agents in the field is dangerous for the agents themselves and probably not very practical when you're operating behind enemy lines. So... Going back 20-odd years now, the Russian intelligence has believed to have been operating within Ukraine, targeting people. Tell us about the first very prominent case. That's Viktor Yukoshenko. Uh, that's correct. So poisonings have commenced under Putin's reign almost immediately. Putin came into power in 2000. And within, I think it was 2003 or 2004, Viktor Yukoshenko was a candidate running against uh, the Kremlin-backed Viktor Yanukovych for presidency, and he was poisoned with some dioxin, and it left his face cratered and disfigured. The same year, there was a very famous journalist, Anna Polakovskaya, who was a brilliant journalist for Novaya Gazeta, and she got some phenomenal scoops in the Caucasus and in Chechnya. She fell ill and lost consciousness after drinking a cup of tea, having flown to the city of Beslan during this famous siege involving um, schoolchildren. And she survived, but then unfortunately she was shot dead two years later on Putin's birthday. The two biggest poisonings that we can associate with Putin uh, have actually occurred on foreign soil in the UK. Uh, in 2006, there was Alexander Litvinenko who was a former FSB colleague of Putin's turned critic, and he had fled to the UK, and he died after being exposed to polonium-210 after meeting with two FSB agents, and they allegedly slipped some of this poison into his tea in a hotel in London. The other one that we are all very familiar with, I think, was a couple of years ago when there was a former Russian Intelligent officer Sergei Skripal, who was living a very quiet life in the English town of Salisbury, and the, the, the doorknob in, in the house where he lived was was daubed with Novichok, uh, which had been developed in the Soviet Union as part of this secret chemical weapons program. Today, the Prime Minister called on Russia to act. They should recognise that our sense uh, uh, that justice must be done uh, is not abated. And uh, Dawn Sturgis, an innocent member of the British public, uh, died in that event. And we want to see uh, those suspects handed over. Again, Russia has always denied responsibility. But in this case, the UK police were able to track the two guys involved who were later identified as officers in the Russia military intelligence. Yeah, and that case, of course, spiralled then then further because other people became poisoned and it became a massive security crisis in the UK as a result. You also had Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader. He's also claimed that he was targeted. Yeah, he, he was electioneering in Siberia in a place called Tomsk 
on behalf of a colleague and he was flying back on a flight to Moscow and he got violently ill and there's actually video footage of him on that flight and riding around in agony and the pilots of the plane decided to land, make an emergency landing in another place called Omsk and that's what Navalny claimed that that's what saved his life. If he hadn't flown back to Moscow, he would have died. Apparently, agents had been tracking him and actually Putin admitted that the FSB had been tracking him But Navalny and his investigators afterwards discovered that his boxers had been daubed with Novichok as well. And um, he was airlifted eventually with Putin's agreement to Berlin, where he recovered very slowly. And he subsequently returned to to Moscow and was arrested and is now rotting away in the Gulag. Poisoning, it's brutal, but it's pretty subtle. I mean, it's, it's basically intended that people will, will become ill in ways that are similar to, to normal illnesses. But and then by the time you discover what's really wrong, it, it's too late. So, I mean, why did the Russians you employ this type of assassination attempt rather than just attempting a straightforward assassination? I think it's quite simply scare tactics. Uh, for Putin, the you know, the worst thing you can be as a Russian is is a traitor rather than an enemy. If you're a Vragnorodov, as as many of these people are seen, uh, Navalny, the Skripals, and people like Budonov, who are orchestrating all of these campaigns against Russia inside Russian territory and humiliating Russia. So so to kill somebody using poison is it's just seen it's crueler and it sends a message that so we can find you and we can make your life miserable and the last days of your life really miserable because you'll just ride in agony and and there's no antidote. What we're seeing is that Russia sort of doesn't care if it gets caught, but it really wants uh, those that have crossed the Kremlin to live in fear. And Ellison, if confirmed that Russia was behind this poisoning, it would be the highest level person targeted by Russia since the war began. Vladimir Zelensky has spoken as well about believing that he has been the the subject of of numerous assassination attempts. So presumably in the Ukraine, this incident has has now created a, a heightened sense of awareness. Zelensky himself was the top of of a kill list which was compiled by Russia prior to the invasion of Ukraine in, in February 2022. But for the fact that the, um, the Russian forces didn't manage to capture uh, Kiev, he might be dead today. And, and even on that kill list was Zelensky's wife and his children. And I think it's, it's kind of remarkable that there's been nobody uh, that I can recall that has been assassinated by Russian agents since the war started. And prior to the war, there would have been numerous car bombs, assassinations, poisonings of Ukrainian political figures and Ukrainian journalists who were seen as as enemies of, of Russia. But there's been reports now in the last week that Russia has activated sleeper agents in the field in Ukraine. So, and their intention is basically to inflict damage by targeting officials like Budanov and his wife and trying to damage morale. And it's, it's, it's a, like a new turn in the conflict. Yeah, so sleeper agents who have literally been there for years and have not been activated up until now. So now at this point, 
the Russians have decided to activate these people? It's it's a desperate uh, throw of the dice, really, I suppose, because there's been, I mean, I mean, it's been frustrating for Russia and Ukraine that there has been very incremental progress on both sides in terms of the battlefield. There's been no huge gains on, in the south or in the Donbass. And so they're turning, Ukraine is, for their part, they're turning to Budonov um, for morale, vict- morale victories, which is like taking out critical in- infrastructure belonging to Russia or killing uh, ideologues in St. Petersburg or killing uh, ultranationalist bloggers. So for, for Russia now, they're, they're trying to do s- similar by taking out people in Ukraine and activating these sleeper agents. These sleeper agents supposedly are trying to tap into sort of um, people's unease of the the war and also to start demonstrations against the war and to to bring their soldiers home. He forecasts Russia's invasion of Ukraine, where most didn't think it would happen. And now Ukraine's top military spy has another prediction for how the war it started will end. Переломний момент наступить в другій половині серпня. Скажімо так, більшість, більша частина активних дій, воєнних дій, завершиться до кінця цього року. Major Kirill Budanov has watched Ukraine's enemies up close and scrutinized their moves. And goes further, Russia's defeat, he says, will be disastrous for both its leader and his country. What is the status of the war do you think at the moment, given that international attention has shifted so firmly towards the Middle East uh, and the conflict in Israel and Gaza? I think, yeah, that there's a realization that we've reached stalemate. Actually, Zelensky's key general, Zeluzhny, had come out and he gave an interview to The Economist and he said that we've reached a stalemate and he suggested that The Ukrainian forces, according to NATO military protocol, they should have taken Crimea within three months. And it's already been another year since this second heave against Russia. And they really made very little progress in the South trying to take that land bridge between Russia and Crimea. And in the meantime, as you said, this the, the, the Middle East conflict has flared up and that is diverting resources from the West to Israel, uh, critical resources that Zelensky and Budono say they need to keep the military campaign going. My thanks to Jason Corcoran. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode was produced by D. Reddy, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound by Niall McMonagall. Clips from NBC News, Reuters, the BBC News, BBC Sounds, Channel 4 and Sky News. If you enjoy the Indoor Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. 0818-715-715.